Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. You are tuned to the Nighttime Podcast, focused on the fringe of Canada. It seems as though every day we have a new example of someone or someone's whose internal conflict culminates in a violent attack on members of the public. In fact, it's these stories that make me uneasy in crowded places, a feeling that only gets worse with each suicide bombing, school shooting, or like we saw in Toronto recently, cube van intentionally mowing down unsuspecting pedestrians. When I was a kid, and even as a teenager, these now common events seemed unheard of, certainly nothing I ever would have been concerned about. And then, two high school kids in Colorado changed that. If memory serves me, I was home from school sick with the flu the day Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold took weapons and pipe bombs into Columbine High School and began killing fellow students and faculty. Like so many others, I spent the entirety of that day glued to CNN, stunned at the sight of kids just like me being rushed out of their high school by SWAT teams as other less fortunate students lay bleeding to death around them. The entire thing it was just too horrific to be real. But as horrible as that was, Columbine seemed to only be the start. Massacres like the one carried out in the halls of that high school have become our society's reoccurring nightmare. 33 were gunned down at Virginia Tech. 28 killed at Sandy Hook, most of them young children. 50 in an Orlando nightclub. And 59 at an outdoor concert in Vegas. And these are just the first ones that come to mind, the tip of a tragic iceberg. There are far too many to list in any comprehensive way, let alone try to understand them. The motives, they appear as varied as they are vague. And the perpetrators, well, they usually come across as some sort of homicidal puzzle to be solved. But the events themselves, to think of them even having happened, is terrifying. To deal with it, I've always resorted to the same naive thought process that many of you listening can probably relate to. I've taken comfort in the ignorant belief that things like that wouldn't happen around here. But regardless if you're talking about my here or yours, here is exactly where these things happen. In 2015, on the eve of Valentine's Day, I and the rest of Halifax's citizens would realize that we aren't exempt from the type of nightmares that play out on American news stations. One of the largest and busiest malls in Atlantic Canada was almost the scene of a horrifying shooting spree Saturday. Police believe Nova Scotia residents James Gamble and Randy Shepard, as well as American Lindsay Suvanarath, were going to shoot as many people as possible before taking their own lives on Valentine's Day. This appeared to be a group of murderous misfits that were coming here or were living here and prepared to wreak havoc and uh, mayhem on our community. We have averted a true tragedy here in Halifax. Shepard and Savannah Rath were arrested at the airport moments after her plane landed and mere hours before the plan was to be executed. The only reason it didn't happen was because of an anonymous tip to police just hours earlier.
As the news broke of a conspiracy to commit a mass shooting on Valentine's Day at the Halifax Shopping Centre, I was quite simply stunned. That actually hit me quite hard, and not only because something so horrible almost happened in my city, but the Target was a place I spend a lot of time at. In fact, if things had gone according to the conspirators' plans, there was a pretty good chance I would have been there that day, and I likely would have had my son with me. Now at first, probably in search of some comfort, I hoped it to be a misunderstanding or an exaggeration, something in the same league as a bomb threat used to get high schoolers out of an afternoon of classes. But with every update to the story, it only became more serious and more frightening. As hard as it was to digest, I couldn't help but pore over every detail I could find. This story, the conspiracy, the players involved, I wanted to know everything. After all, they were planning to shoot and kill as many people as possible at a place I frequented. This was very much to be an attack on me, my family, and other people just like us. Now, the story that would come out was that a local 19-year-old named James Gamble had formed an online relationship with 23-year-old Lindsay Suvonaroth, an American from Illinois. After bonding over a shared interest bordering on an obsession with the Columbine massacre, the pair decided to commit mass murder together and end their lives in each other's company, much like the Columbine shooters did. But as you've heard in the prior news clip, Lindsay and James's plan, unlike the Columbine shooters, would be foiled with little time to spare. It all happened on February 13th. An anonymous call came to the Crime Stoppers hotline and informed authorities that a woman with the first name Lindsay and the last initial S would be coming to Halifax from the United States with the goal of committing mass murder in the Halifax Shopping Center's food court. Shortly after the tip came in, almost on cue, a young woman had approached the airport's border security desk after arriving to Halifax via a one-way ticket from Chicago. This woman had little money, next to no luggage, and appeared uneasy. When questioned about her reasons for visiting Halifax, she simply stated, I'm here to spend a memorable Valentine's Day with my boyfriend. Now, it's impossible to say so for sure, but I can't help but feel like lives were saved when the border agents and local police connected the dots and realized that the Lindsay Suvonaroth being questioned at the airport was the Lindsay S. from the Crime Stoppers tip. And from here... Things moved fast. Lindsay would be detained at the airport, along with a third conspirator, a close friend of James's named Randall Shepard, who was arrested as he arrived at the airport to pick Lindsay up. Next, police surrounded the family home of the young man Lindsay planned to kill and die with, her co-conspirator and boyfriend, 19-year-old James Gamble. But as it would turn out, James's life would be the only one lost during this massacre. As police closed in on him, his young life would meet its end with a single self-inflicted gunshot, leaving his girlfriend Lindsay and best friend Randall to face Canada's justice system. It was during these court proceedings that the individual roles of each conspirator would become public knowledge. Randall Shepard appeared in Nova Scotia Supreme Court on Tuesday morning and pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit murder. He was one of three people involved in the planning of a mass shooting at the Halifax Shopping Centre. Well, I think by Mr. Shepard's acceptance of responsibility in the conspiracy, it's an indication that the plan was meant to be serious and taken seriously, and we believe likely to occur. 
In court, the Crown stated the masterminds behind the situation were the now-deceased James Gamble and Lindsay Suvanarath of Illinois, while Shepard took on the role of cheerleader. An agreed statement of fact shows that Shepard was planning on killing himself the day before the massacre was set to take place. In a Facebook exchange on February 9th of last year, Gamble asked Shepard, is there nothing I could say to convince you to join me with my plan? To which Shepard replied, sorry James, the answer is no. If I had more time to mentally prepare myself, perhaps, but I'm going to die, I'm not going to hurt. And while Shepard didn't actually plan to kill anyone himself, he did facilitate the conspiracy by picking up supplies and assisting with the planning. Lindsay Suvanarath still faces a number of charges, chiefly conspiracy to commit murder. She is scheduled to stand trial in May of next year. More details of the story would slowly surface over the course of the trials against Randall and Lindsay Suvonarov, most significant of which were the excerpts of messages from the logs of the trio's Facebook chats, where the majority of this planning occurred. But despite what was being revealed in the various court appearances, the story was far from over. There were just too many unanswered questions. Chief among them, why Halifax? Why the food court at the shopping center? And why Valentine's Day? Now, despite the public inquisition the press led on the trio, little more was revealed than a complicated digital footprint and a collage of hearsay from past friends and classmates. James and Randall, they'd both left rather morbid breadcrumbs across the internet that serve as snapshots of their worldviews leading up to the attack. But everyone who knew them seemed to say they were great guys. So what happened? And then there was the mystery woman from Illinois, the enigmatic Lindsay Suvonaroth. A female mass murderer would be incredibly rare, but as anyone following this story would learn, nearly everything about Lindsay Suvonaroth is rare. Just like her co-conspirators, Lindsay had left a disturbing footprint across the internet that included considerable amounts of Columbine-related content, a collection of surprisingly impressive short stories, and a tremendous amount of material that featured her ideological views. See, Lindsay did and does identify as a neo-Nazi, a surprising system of belief for someone with features and a surname that suggest an Asian heritage. Now, it was for these reasons and more that the sleek featured American would become both the media's face for this crime and one of the most unwelcome guests to ever visit Halifax. But as much attention as Lindsay received from the national press, her motivations were left purely to speculation. She wasn't talking. Aside from a handful of yeses and nos required in the courtroom, she nor her parents have spoken a word about this publicly. But that and what people know about Lindsay Suvonaroth are about to change dramatically. See, this episode is simply an introduction to this series. As three years after boarding a flight to Halifax with ambitions to kill as many people as possible, Lindsay Suvonaroth is now willing to share the story of her life, her role in the Valentine's Day shooting plot, and so much more. And she'll be telling her story to me here on Nighttime. The discussions with Lindsay will begin on the next episode, but I wanted to use this as a time to introduce the background on the case and to lay the framework for what you should expect in the following three episodes. Now, my conversations with Lindsay are long, detailed, and certainly not for the faint of heart. Some of you will be sickened by the things she says. Others will be surprised to hear the calm and direct approach she takes when describing many of our worst nightmares. 
but ultimately, my conversations with Lindsay will provide an unprecedented view into the mind of a mass murderer. But before you decide if you want to join Lindsay and I in this series, I want to be clear. In the past, Nighttime has welcomed guests who brought some controversial baggage onto the show with them, but never anything like this. During the series, references will be made to neo-Nazism, mass murder, and self-harm. If these topics are triggers for you, either sit this one out or proceed with caution. The series will begin on February 11th with the story of Lindsay Suvonaroth, Life Before Choosing Death. I hope many of you will join me for what's sure to be a strange ride. If things had gone according to plan, February 14th, 2015 would have been the day I died. I would have died alongside my boyfriend, James Gamble, after having murdered perhaps 13 people in the food court of the Halifax Shopping Center. The facts of this case are well known. There were conversations on Facebook, postings on Tumblr, some weapons and a plan. But what puzzles everyone is why. Some mass murders are pretty cut and dry. A disgruntled ex-employee shoots up his former workplace or a white supremacist attacks the synagogue. Others are more complex. But my own motives are a complete mystery to most. We don't have a pithy narrative prepared for when a young female college graduate meets a stranger online and agrees to fly to another country to open fire on a shopping mall she'd never set foot in before. Why Canada? Why a shopping mall? Why random strangers that have no connection to myself? And with that, We'll conclude this episode of Nighttime. I want to thank Global News for providing me access to their audio-video archives, which you heard and will continue to hear excerpts from during this series. And a big thanks to the Canadian duo Voxomnia for providing the theme for this series. You can find Voxomnia through the link in the episode notes. And if you like music, do yourself a favor and get somber with Voxomnia. If anyone out there wants more Nighttime, please check out the Patreon group. It's a dollar a month, and it allows you to support the show as well as access the supporter-exclusive feed, which provides ad-free early releases of episodes in addition to prior episodes no longer available on the main feed. You can join by visiting patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. I'd like to thank the current patrons of this show and welcome the newest members to the group. John, my own mother, and Samantha. I sincerely appreciate the support you've shown Nighttime. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show but can't help me financially, you can give me a big hand by telling your friends about me and leaving a positive review on Apple Podcasts or whichever equivalent you use. If any of you listening want to stay up to date with my activities on and off the show, follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I use the handle at NighttimePod. If any of you have any story ideas or want to provide feedback on the show, I'd love to hear from you at nighttimepodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. The Nighttime Podcast is written, hosted, and produced by Jordan Bonaparte. Copyright Jordan Bonaparte.